0: it's time for another episode of corner of the galaxy from the box the show that gets you behind the scenes of the la galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and mls experts your hosts for the day are corner of the galaxy's josh gessman and la times soccer reporter kevin baxter let's start the show Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy
1: from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gesman. Uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter, not with us today. He's actually on vacation, traveling in Germany, but we will have him back next week. Coming to you live, uh, or at least recorded live, on 12-11. So December 11th, a Monday night, getting you ready for all of the happenings that will take place this week. A very, very busy week for the LA Galaxy. And for teams across the uh, the entire league, including LAFC, who comes in and will have their expansion draft uh, way less than 24 hours from when I'm recording this podcast. So on Tuesday, that expansion draft will take place. And we're going to go over all of the protected and unprotected players the LA Galaxy have put out there and what that means for the LA Galaxy and, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. We're also going to look at the rest of the draft schedule. I said it's going to be busy. It is. Going to be very busy, so we'll look at that again. We have a bunch of rumors, of course, to bring up. Uh, some updates on Ashley Cole and Baggio, who as well, um, and then we're also going to talk about the uh, the other things that are going on. Whether it's any rumors in the league that you need to know about, or Uh, The thing that we're going to start off with tonight uh, is the targeted allocation money and how much targeted allocation money has now been decided and, of course, has now been – will now flood the league here in 2018. So, uh, if you'll remember, I had a podcast on not too long ago with Mr. Paul Tenorio – and Paul was, uh, is a rules nerd like me, so it was great to have him on and that we got to talk to him. Um, and so we, we talked about TAM, and we talked about how much TAM could possibly be available in 2018. And I think at the time, Paul was saying that the, at max, it was looking at, it was going to be about $2 million of additional TAM. Remember, targeted allocation money can be used to sign a player over the max budget, so that's $480 um, for the 2017 season or over 500 in the 2018 season you can use that targeted allocation money to pay that player more than the budget but not make them a designated player. That's basically the idea with targeted allocation money. The league uh, came in and, and made you know $800,000, I believe, of it the first time, and then there was $400,000 after that, and so then it got up to the $1.2 million that is pretty much standard every year. And in 2018 and 2019, again, it will be $1.2 million of targeted allocation money, regular old targeted allocation money that will be available to uh, every team in the league. And that money comes from the league. Remember, single entity here, so it's always difficult to sort of separate between the league and the teams, but in in this particular case, it is coming from the league. That's nothing new. 2018, $1.2 million. 2019, $1.2 million. Uh, The press release that basically came out for the... For all of this TAM and and for all of this stuff that came from the league, says that if teams want to, they can take the 2018 TAM of 1.2 million dollars and combine it with the 2019 TAM of 1.2 million dollars to, of course, give you uh 4. Point, excuse, excuse me, 2.4 million dollars. All right, and that 2.4 million dollars can then go ahead. Um, and you can use that all in one season. Now, you'd be short of it in 2019. You'd be short of the $1.2 million, but you could combine it in 2018 and give yourself, uh, again, the the $2.4 million of targeted allocation money. That has been done in the past, and they're just making that option available. Again, nothing groundbreaking there, but the real groundbreaking thing is the new category of TAM that we have, and I'll do my best to explain it this way. Um, they're calling it discretionary TAM, and the reason that it's separate and sort of uh, you know, different than most of this is that the teams don't have to spend it, and this is what Paul and I were talking about on the podcast. What does it mean if a team doesn't have to spend the TAM, but that TAM is available? Well, you know there are certain teams who are going to spend that TAM. Um, surprisingly, I know some of you would argue that, the LA Galaxy are somebody who should be spending that TAM. Um, I know there was a lot of talk about the cost savings last year. Um, that necessarily isn't based upon you know some of the discretionary funds that they have so um, you know this particular category because it's not 9 million dollars not 12 million dollars it's 2.8 million dollars it's available and every other team is probably going to utilize that or at least a lot of them are going to utilize that discretionary money Um, you would expect the LA Galaxy also to utilize this money here in 2018 and 2019 so again here's the big difference with the discretionary TAM not only do they not have to spend it but that money is self-funded that comes from the Teams. So it's sort of like saying, hey, if you want to spend almost three million more dollars, and you can you then we'll allow you that, but you have to use it as targeted allocation money. And so it spends the same way as all targeted allocation money. You can't combine it with the general allocation, which we call the jam, jam and tam, and DTAM. All right, the the, the discretionary targeted allocation money. Um, you know, just to sort of keep this, you know, simple, you could you could say that the Galaxy could go out and basically sign $2.8 million worth of players um, in addition to the $1.2 million worth of targeted allocation money they already have. So you can look at, you know, $3, 4000000 million per year now that the LA Galaxy will be, vi- will be able to spend in targeted allocation money, and that's a huge amount of money whenever you think about it. All right, here's the only sort of rules and, and, and the only... Caveat on this is that you can't spend more than $1.5 million on a single contract. So if you're going to use targeted allocation money to buy somebody down or if you're going to you know, offer the max contract under targeted allocation money, it's going to be the $1.4999 million basically. It has to be under the $1.5 million ceiling. And then you're able to pay that down below the salary cap. So if you have $1.5 million salary, I think there's still a minimum hit in there. But you're able to pay that down well below the salary cap. Because remember, you you still have to take the salary cap hit of the max budget charge. But if you pay it down below that, so if it's $500,000 in 2018 to keep the numbers easy, you could overpay that by $300,000 and have a player who is making $1.5 million who you are? May, who you are spending? You know, one point three million dollars in targeted allocation money to have them have a cap hit of two hundred thousand dollars. So he costs the same as you know uh, Robbie Rogers did you know last year. That type of thing. Um, Pele Van hold That that's how these things work, and that's why it's so difficult to calculate the salary cap because it's unlikely these teams just go down to the minimum. Just go down to that max budget hit of five hundred thousand dollars. It's more than likely that they pay it down even further, and so. As we continue to talk to people and figure things out, that's what uh, that's what we'll be looking at. But anyway, this targeted allocation money is huge. Um, it is a big deal. Uh, lots of teams are going to be utilizing it. Some teams won't. I mean, you're going to look at teams like maybe the Colorado Rapids. Um, you know, maybe the New England Revolution, who are not going to use this discretionary TAM it will cause a separation and you know we've already seen a little bit of a separation and, and I guess we should tip our hat to the to the big spenders in Major League Soccer right now Toronto FC for winning MLS Cup but you know spending does matter in Major League Soccer and it's evident you know even in, in this MLS Cup and, and how it was I'd also like to throw a shout out and congratulations to Seattle who actually got two shots off on goal in this World Cup uh, which is different than their last or World Cup this this last MLS Cup which is different than the first MLS Cup. Where they got zero shots on goal. Um, I don't know that they were any more effective. Uh, if only their goalkeeper stuff on Fry, if he if he doesn't make like seven saves, uh, Toronto runs over Seattle. It wasn't even close. But uh, Toronto, one of the best teams I've ever seen play in Major League Soccer. Uh, they have all the awards to sort of show how good they are. Could they beat the 2014 LA Galaxy? Could they beat the 2012 or 2011 LA Galaxy? Those are questions. That you're never going to get an answer to, but it would be a fun argument. And uh, it, at least in the top, off the top of my head, I would say that this this 2017 Toronto FC club is as good as any LA Galaxy team I've ever seen, and I think it would be a very even match. Um, I don't think it would be a straight up they run over them, but I think Toronto very well could be, you know, the better team. Whenever you look at all these things, that's fine. That's not that's you're talking about past things that'll never happen that's fine this toronto team was really good they spent a lot of money they're going to be able to spend 2.8 million dollars just like everybody else in discretionary funds next year as well um so we'll see if any of that targeted allocation money actually funnels down into some of these other players um some you know domestic players cuz in the past it's been used almost exclusively in international players. So we'll take a look at that, and we'll follow it along as we go. Uh, the big deal, of course, right now is that all the teams are preparing, and especially LAFC is preparing for its first entry into Major League Soccer, uh, although LAFC did do pull off a trade earlier this week um, when they got Walker Zimmerman. I'm telling you that because... There are rumors the LA Galaxy were actually in on Walker Zimmerman and attempted to get him as well, and they did not get them. I don't know how true that is. I haven't had a chance to suss it out um, and to really figure out, you know, what happened here, but it seems like the LA Galaxy were interested in Walker Zimmerman, and they didn't get him, and they lost out to LAFC. That is a rumor right now, but if I can ever confirm that, I will, of course, absolutely do that. But, uh, you know, that leads us now into the expansion draft, and the LA Galaxy have, of course, um, put out their... Protected and unprotected, um, you know, uh, uh, a lists of players, and we know who those players are. And for the most part, there wasn't a surprise. the The expansion draft takes place December twelfth, eleven a.m. Pacific time. Um, as I'm recording, that is tomorrow morning. Um, and LAFC will get to choose a total of five players from all of the other twenty two teams. So five players total. That's it in, in across the entire league. Which means that for the most part, most teams will not have anybody picked. Um, there's interesting names out there for sure, but for the LA Galaxy, and as we focus on the LA Galaxy, we can go to the unprotected list. Uh, Pele Van Anholt, not protected. Brian Rowe, not protected. Jack McInerney, Ari Lasseter, John Kempen, Jermaine Jones, Rafael Gar- Garcia, Clement Diop, Bradley Diallo, and Michael Ciani, all not protected. There are only two players right now who are on the current roster, the 13 players that are on the current roster for the LA Galaxy, that are on the unprotected list those are really the only two you have to worry about because all the others have had their options declined all right they weren't expected to be back with the la galaxy so here are those players right now michael ciani and ari lassiter now you ask yourself why would the la galaxy put these guys out and leave them unprotected there's got to be a reason behind some of these so let's go and look at who the protected are and then we'll come back to this answer uh, Roman Alessandrini is a protected player. Joao Pedro is a protected player. Uh, Manuel Boateng, Ashley Cole, Giovanni Del Santos, Jonathan Del Santos, Baggio Husidic, Sebastian Lejet Dave Romney, Dan Stairs, and of course, Jossie artists the automatically protected players. Uh, they include Robbie Rogers on this, even though he's retired, he gets automatically protected. It doesn't matter. He's not coming back. Uh, Hugo Ariano, who's a homegrown. Jose Villarreal, who's a homegrown. Jaime Villarreal, who's a homegrown. Uh, Raul Mendiola, who's a homegrown. Nathan Smith, homegrown. Uh, Bradford Jamison IV, homegrown. And Jack McBean, uh, a homegrown player. Now, if you look at those, they're automatically protected. Most of those guys have had their options um, declined. Uh, Robbie's going to retire. Hugo Ariano is on the 13 man roster right now. Jose Villarreal, Jaime Villarreal, option decline. Raul Mendiola, option decline. Nathan Smith, option decline. And Bradford Jameson is on the current roster right now. Jack McBean rounds that out with the option decline. So those are your protected players. Even though some of those guys have an option decline on them, they're still automatically protected because they're homegrowns. And those guys will be eligible either in the waiver draft or re entry drafts whenever you uh, look at those. Okay. So now you go back, and why did the LA Galaxy leave Michael Ciani? Yeah. Mm-hmm and Ari Lasseter out there unprotected. There's there's two simple sort of answers for this that we can look at. Let's start with Michael Ciani. He's very easy to sort of figure out why they put him out here. They were able to put him out here because he makes something like $620,000. Alright? That's a ton of money for an older center back who is basically has one year left on his contract and if LAFC were to pick him up, they would be paying him $620,000. There's really no argument about that. They know what the uh, salary price is. They just move him over to their roster. That's how it would work all right Michael Siani having not played that much last year is not on their radar at $620,000 he's an expensive person to sort of take a look at less expensive now because of targeted allocation money and I actually had a conversation with somebody in the front office and we were talking about you know the worths of players and how you know, I said uh, at one point, I said, hey, you know, you can't have Geossi's artist uh, playing right back for you whenever he makes, you know, 400 and something thousand dollars. And this person says, well, you can't do that now, but what about next year? And this was in 2017, looking forward to 2018, but what about next year? And I said, well, do you expect there to be an increase in targeted allocation money? Do you expect something like that? And there was a, there was a nod there. So they, they sort of knew some of this was coming. And he is right up to a certain point. This person is right up to a certain point. And it's because... If you look at it, if with $2.8 million, you can afford you know, four uh, uh, Siani's now, when, whenever you look at you know, how much his, his money is worth. So, I mean, there's something there that you can understand why they're making some of these decisions, but with, with, with Michael Siani, you put him out there, nobody's going to pick him up at 620. He's safe, and you don't have to worry about it, all right? If you go back to Ari Lasseter, now lots of people are worried about Ari Lasseter. He played very limited minutes, In 2017, in fact, he played 258 minutes, even though he had 14 games played. He he just played a lot of garbage time minutes um, and came in as a substitute. He takes up a reserve roster spot there are many different roster spots there's the senior roster and the supplemental roster and the reserve roster he takes up a reserve roster spot right now which basically means his salary isn't against the salary cap all right you have to have certain conditions in that but um they only count there is the senior rosters toward the salary cap so you look at that and you look at you know what what Ari Laster brings to the table and you're like yes he's 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 worth some money to the LA Galaxy. But if LAFC were to pick him up for their team or for any team, they would have to give him a senior roster spot. And if they have to give him a senior roster spot, that means he counts against the salary cap. And that's a big step to taking somebody who's a reserve player right now and basically moving them to a a guaranteed or, or senior roster spot that has different rules and different salary cap implications. For the most part, I don't expect anybody from the LA Galaxy to be picked um, this is not something that I think, uh, LAFC really even has in their mind. I will tell you this, uh, the news and the buzz around, and I've been hearing this now for about a week, the news around LAFC is that they are not expected to keep a bunch of these guys. They're going to have five picks. I guarantee you that one or two, three or four, maybe five, all, maybe all five of them are going to be traded. They're going to find guys with, and they've probably already talked to the teams They probably already have agreements with those teams that they are going to pick five guys, and those guys will be traded for assets. That they want. There's going to be value in some of these, and they're going to be able to find that value, and then um, be able to to use that to get other things. So if you know they pick somebody like uh, Jeff Laurentwitz out of Atlanta, uh, maybe somebody else wants Jeff Laurentwitz. Maybe it's the LA Galaxy. Maybe the LA Galaxy say they want Jeff Laurentwitz back. So LAFC would pick Jeff Laurentwitz, and then they would eventually trade them to the LA Galaxy, and they would and LAFC sees value in that, and the LA Galaxy get a player. That's what I expect to happen in this expansion draft. There's only five players. LAFC has a bunch of roster spots to fill, a a full, full team. I mean, you look at the LA Galaxy, you have 13 players on their roster. I think LAFC maybe has three or four players on the roster right now. Um, and this is sort of, this led me to a little bit of a revelation this morning. I don't know if it's a revelation for all of you, but, but I'll say it, you know, one of the complete downsides and one of the things that, you know, one of the results of being so horrible in 2017 for the LA Galaxy, and then having to rebuild this roster again, is that you need 17 players. If you're the LA Galaxy right now, um, whether or not, you know, you get Bajio Sitch back and, 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 um, Ashley Cole will be something to look at. And then you you're still gonna need fifteen players back. Okay. So it's it's not it's not a stretch. You need basically a 30 man roster. If it ends up being twenty-eight, it's twenty-eight. I mean, you know, we're we're sort of splitting hairs there. But you need all these players. Well, you're competing with a team that also needs a bunch of players, and some of those players are going to absolutely have to come from domestic inside the United States. And so LAFC is going to have to fill their roster with those guys, and the LA Galaxy are going to have to do that as well, even internationally. There's a good chance you could compete with LAFC for the same players because your roster is such a mess, you had to release so many players that you have to now build them, and you're building them with a team that, one, needs more players, and two, probably has more money than you. All right? They give them a whole bunch of money in order to come into the league and, and pick the players they want and, and do that. And if the reports are true about Walker Zimmerman and that the LA Galaxy wanted Zimmerman and that LAFC took him, then you already see the result of what is happening with the LA Galaxy um, and having to go up against LAFC. And by the way, LAFC gets to offer up all these nice things right now. Okay, they got a brand new stadium. They have a brand new facility. They have Bob Bradley as a coach. All right? They get to say, "Hey, do you want to live in Los Angeles?" That's cool. That's used to be the LA Galaxy's catch. "Hey, you want to live in LA cuz we can we can make that happen." Now, the LA Galaxy still get to say that, but again, you're competing with somebody who might have more funds than you right now, and that's just looking at salary cap stuff. All right? That's not saying that AEG doesn't have the same amount of money as as um you know, the ownership group for LAFC. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that inside the salary cap that LAFC has Uh, more money right now than the LA Galaxy, and that goes even with all the allocation money that the Galaxy got for Paul Areola and, uh, you know, any of the other trades that they've made and and, and sort of acquired, and then, of course, for finishing uh, Dead Last, they get some money as well. So there's, there's money there for the Galaxy to work with, but they now have to compete against LAFC, and that's not fun. That's not what you needed to do. It would be nice if you were adding a piece or two, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it, and you wouldn't have to sit there. Of course, you'd also have to be protecting a lot more players, um, the LA Galaxy, as it is, you know, protected the players, but they didn't need to protect some of those players, and and they know that. So that's that's sort of where we go with that. Um, I want to get to the the rest of the the draft schedule so that way you're prepared for all of this. Um, we are now on December 11th, all right? Let's see. I'm trying to go through my, my calendar here. There's lots of stuff that went out. Uh, we went through the half-day trade window. I don't know if any of you were awake for that uh, yesterday on Sunday morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, I, I will tell you exactly the moves that the LA Galaxy made. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. The crickets. Crickets. If I had the crickets sound, I, w- I would have played it right there. LA Galaxy didn't make any. Not the it... Again... I know there's lots of people who want to jump on the LA Galaxy right now for not having done anything. Pump the brakes, slow down. Their time is coming. It's happening very soon. After you get through this expansion draft, then there's a good possibility the LA Galaxy start to pick up players. Uh, you have the waiver draft, you have the re-entry draft, the Stage 1 and Stage 2, and I expect the LA Galaxy to get at least one player from each one of those stages, and they get the first pick in each one of those stages as well. So uh, we got through that. December 11th, I told you, is the expansion draft. At 1 p.m., after the expansion draft is over, because the expansion draft should take all of mm, 10 minutes, so I'm sure it'll take longer than that, but 10 minutes, um, then we'll be done. All right, Uh, at 1 p.m., free agency begins. The LA Galaxy will be active in free agency, so keep your eyes on that. I don't know if they have any moves lined up. I have not heard that from them, but we're going to talk about some rumors that are coming um, as well, So, and those may be international players and not so much domestic, but domestically, look for this free agency period to begin and start tomorrow at 1 p.m. Then on December 13th, You have the waiver draft. That is at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. I expect the LA Galaxy, who have the very first pick in this draft, to pick somebody in the waiver draft. Uh, Then you have uh, December 15th. Uh, This is the first stage of the re-entry draft. This is on Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. The re-entry draft, both stages, is conducted in reverse order. So the LA Galaxy have the first pick in the first stage of the re-entry draft and the first pick of the second stage of the re-entry draft that takes place a week later, December 21st. Those are your dates. I expect at least one player from each one of those three drafts to be put on the LA Galaxy roster, and I could be more than that, okay? With 17 spots to fill up, they have a ton of work to do. This is a way to do that. Free agency is another way. The busy time for the LA Galaxy to start acquiring some of that depth, some of those role players, maybe a starter, Don't expect big names in in these re entry drafts, but expect the depth that Siggy needs to build now. The depth that he said wasn't there. The depth that we saw last year um, for the LA Galaxy caused them many, many issues in 2017, not having that depth. This is where they're going to start building it, and that's what we have to continue to keep an eye on. Um, As we go forward now, we also need to talk about these rumors. Um, There are a couple of them. All right, you have uh, Jorgen Schleweck, Nobody knows how. I can't. Until they give me a pronunciation guide, this guy's... We're going to call him Jorgen. All right? So, Or maybe it's Jorgen. I don't know. But he's a Norwegian international, plays for Rosenberg. He is a center back slash left back um, who apparently... Is already set to join the LA Galaxy in January. This, of course, came from his coach, who basically said after a game today that, "Hey, by the way, uh, Jorgen or Jorgen is leaving, and the LA Galaxy are going to get a really great player." That's basically what he said. He is 26 years old. Uh, he seems like a a very interesting, uh, predominantly left-footed player. Um, I really. From all the highlights, again, highlights, what can you get from that? From the highlights, if this looks like a solid signing, here's the downside, or is it not a downside anymore when you realize there's $2.8 million in targeted allocation money that's coming in into play here uh he, they're saying that he will be the highest paid defender in the league at this time which pushes him over nine hundred thousand dollars um so we'll see if jorgen ends up coming to the la galaxy for no, more than nine hundred thousand um, dollars and that's on a free transfer but it, it that, again i think that's siggy if it is in fact true which right now it seems like it very well could be true that's siggy going out and looking and getting the depth the other rumor Maybe an, maybe a more interesting one. It's certainly one that has people split and divided, which makes it a lot more fun for me. Uh, Robert Robin Van Persie RVP. Uh, he is thirty four years old and currently playing in Turkey for Fenerbahce. Um, and I'm sure somebody will tell me I didn't say that right. Uh, but anyway, he's currently playing there. He is injured right now, which I know already some of you are pumping the brakes pretty hard. 34-year-old injured with knee injury. Uh, and he's missed some, I think, the last 11 games. He's only played 100 minutes so far in this 2017 season for him. But because of that injury, you, you could understand that. Now, is this something the LA Galaxy could get done? This is a position of need for the LA Galaxy. They need a striker. They need somebody who's able to finish. Robin Van Persie can be that guy. Can he still be that guy at 34 years old? That's a good question. Nobody knows the answer to that. And with recent injuries, certainly you have to question it. Now, here's the thing. Some people are saying, well, you can't be a designated player. We're not going to pay them that much. And I'm going to tell you, hey, again, pump the brakes. The other Galaxy don't have any designated player openings. The most they could get them, and as we went over the targeted allocation money rules and that, that discretionary TAM and all that fun stuff, the most you can get them for is $1.5 million or under $1.5 million. So is Robin Van Persie worth under $1.5 million? And if you say no... Keep backing it off until you find a number that works. Because as with anything, and as I've told you many times, it doesn't matter the player, it doesn't matter his condition, all those things, it matters the price. You look at Jermaine Jones at $722,000. That's too much money for Jermaine Jones. But is Jermaine Jones at $250,000? Is that more reasonable? See, now you can start talking yourself into some of these players. So what can you get Robin Van Persie for if he really wants out of Turkey? If he really wants to get away, how much can you get him? Can you get him for... $850,000, $750,000, $500,000. $850,000, 750, $500,000, where does he fit on this LA Galaxy team in terms of the salary structure? That's the most important part because the LA Galaxy needs someone like him. And he's a name, and we've talked about stars and results being very important in LA. He's a name that I would argue is bigger than any name that they have right now. Giovanni Dos Santos, you can say is huge. I would say if anything they're equal. All right, but Robin Van Persie has a storied and historied career. He's he's a name that you know. Could he sell, could he put butts in the seats, and then can he produce the results? It's always both. Don't argue one side of it. All right, that drives me crazy. It's like, well, we don't care about stars. No, you do care about stars. You just want them to perform, which, by the way, absolutely perfect, perfectly reasonable. If you're gonna pay Giovanni Del Santos 5.5 million dollars, then you are going to want to have more than three goals from the run of play. You're going to want to have a highlight video of 2017 that is longer than 51 seconds long, all right? And, and that's, that's directly related to Giovanni Dos Santos when I say that. And by the way, I'd like to pat myself on the back because this podcast already at about 25 minutes is already way longer than Giovanni Dos Santos' highlight videos, all right? And it was after the first two or three minutes. So after the intro, I was already longer than that. So I think I'm doing something right in there. But anyway, Robin Van Persie, very interesting. Could he fit in? Absolutely. The LA Galaxy don't have a striker, especially if they're maybe planning on moving Jossie Zardes, who we heard might be going to the Columbus crew. That's something that's interesting. By the way, Greg Berhalter rumored to possibly be going to Portland to be their new head coach after Caleb Porter left. Interesting. I mean, there is some just crazy stuff going on right now. And the deal that is currently on the books, and granted, it doesn't have direct repercussions to the LA Galaxy. But Darlington-Nagby is rumored to be headed to Atlanta United in a deal that would be larger than the Dom Dwyer deal that sent uh, Dwyer from Sporting Kansas City to Orlando City. That Dwyer trade was worth almost $1.6 million with performance incentives. This Darlington-Nagby deal going from Portland going to Atlanta is worth $750,000 in general allocation money, $300,000 in targeted allocation money, and additional five hundred dollars to $600,000 in incentive-based compensation. Portland would receive also receive a foreign roster spot and a percentage of any future sale involving NAGP. The, the overall is $1.65 million if everything goes, you know, the max performance, just like in the Dwyer trade. So it's, it's more than the Dwyer trade. That's good news if you're the LA Galaxy. And the reason is, you're shopping Jossie artists. You would hope that if these numbers are going to stay inflated like this, that you are going to reap quite a bit of money from Jossie artist And I know a bunch of you are saying, you know, for what? Well, he's still a U.S. Men's National Team player right now. And I think that he probably will be in the future. I think he needs a change of scenery. I don't think he's going to flourish under Siggy Schmidt. And I don't think Siggy Schmidt wants to waste his time trying to do it. So I think I think Jossie artist wants out. And I think that that might happen. So if he goes to Columbus... Or somebody said to Austin, which is just, just cruel, very cruel. Um, if he does that, then then perhaps Columbus is in the position to give the LA Galaxy some considerable uh cash in return. And then that cash can go back and be invested. Not only that, but Giaczard is making four hundred and seventy something thousand dollars. I'm gonna pull it up as I'm as I'm even talking. Um Giosard is five seventy seven. There's targeted allocation money in there. So you would get to save the cap hit or whatever he's currently hitting the cap at. And some of that is reduced, I believe $150,000. So that is reduced because he's a homegrown player. Um, $577,500. You take that away. So then now you have $577,000 basically to spend again. Let's just use like for like. Um, On top of whatever cash they're going to give you. So let's say they even give you $450,000, $500,000 in general allocation and targeted allocation money. Now you have that much money. So the five and the six, you have $1.1 million, basically, that you're able to spend now on a player to replace Giassi's Artist. That's not horrible. It's not horrible at all. I like Giassi's Artist. I think that he will come back to bite the LA Galaxy whenever they play him. That being said, I don't know that he fits on this club right now, and if he can find a, a better way to go in the LA Galaxy can discern some some value from him, then that's the way that it should go. Uh, let's also talk about something that broke on Saturday, Kevin Baxter, my missing co-host, who's in Germany. Um, he, he Again, he will be back on Monday, so I apologize you have to listen to me again, and I do have a guest um, for Thursday, uh, Mr. Larry Morgan will, of course, be joining me in studio um, and we'll get to talk about whatever happened uh, throughout the week. But Kevin had in the very last sentence, almost well, last sentence, but one of the last paragraphs of his article talking about um, some of the stuff going on with LAFC and, and LA Galaxy had that uh, LA Galaxy president Chris Klein had received a five year contract extension. I know some of you are perplexed by that. Um, I think that it's interesting. If you, we're we're right now going on assumption, and the LA Galaxy have not confirmed or or not officially released anything, and no announcement has been made. Um, but this is this is a true statement that there is a five year contract extension, and we're we're running under the assumption right now that his contract was up at the end of this year, so at the end of 2017. Um, so he got a a new in, in what we're we're terming a new five year deal. Um, we'll see if that changes. If there's an additional year that's already left and this is for six years or however that ends up happening. But, but regardless, you got five more years. The, the question I have is that after the worst season in major leagues, major league soccer history, and, and it was by far in a way, and you all lived it. I don't need to tell you again. But doing that, how do you give a five year extension? I'm fine, quite honestly, if you go one year, one year and say, hey, you know, you got to fix some things. You got to fix some things now, and if you don't do it, then we're gonna have problems. And I don't want to be linked to you if that's the case. But AEG apparently says that they want Chris Klein for five more years, and maybe there is, and and. Maybe he has less of an impact on the soccer side than everybody thinks, but he is in charge of the overall organization. How much blame do you lay at his feet? How much do you not lay at his feet? Did he change enough whenever he got rid of Alfo, Um and he demoted Pete Viannis and he brought in Siggy Schmidt and gave him personnel control? Um, he brought in Kurt Schmidt. Did he change enough to save his own job? that's 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 sort of the question that you have to decide but 5 years versus 1 year 1 year to me makes sense 2 years would be a stretch 5 years i mean if it all goes sideways again in 2018 you can't say that i'll be honest you can't say that anybody in this front office saves their jobs if it all goes sideways again there's there you know these guys are going to be cleaning out their desks so is AEG comfortable that they're going to be paying Chris Klein, you know, five more years or four more years after that? And, and you know, there's there's quite honestly, there's issues where Curtin Alpha is still getting paid by the LA Galaxy, right? That money doesn't go away. Just because you fire a coach, you're still bound by the contract. So that contract stays there until maybe he gets another job or that contract term runs out, right? And I imagine it's a two-year contract. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, Chris Klein gets a five-year contract extension. We should have more of that and more info on that as we continue on into this preseason. Um, and you know, it's again, it's just interesting. I laid out there and I certainly saw a lot of comments whenever uh, I had my article written, um, and published after I saw that in Kevin's article. Um, you know, I didn't know that was coming, so it was sort of a a little bit of surprise, but it, it definitely is something that is, is happening. Um, We're only 42 days away from the LA Galaxy starting that January 22nd camp. So, I mean, things are happening really quickly now. Things are going to pick up. All that stuff is happening. Um, So, you know, we're now at that point where the LA Galaxy will start making roster decisions. I mean, this is it. This is it. LAFC is going to be officially in the league, you know, basically tomorrow whenever this podcast is out probably whenever you leave it and they probably already made their five picks and i don't know how quickly they can trade them because the trade window has to open up again but things are going to start happening and changing and free agency opens up tomorrow so lots of things start happening i wouldn't be surprised if there are some rapid fire announcements of deals that have already been made and basically are just waiting for you know the free agency window to open up uh that happened the first time with the la galaxy whenever they signed uh mike mcgee as a free agent and jeff lorenowitz as a free agent so um those are all things, uh, again, to keep in mind as, as we're going forward. And and we've already gone over the preseason schedule in the last one, so you, uh, you kind of know what to expect. And, of course, you've heard about the open house um, that we're going to have on February 17th here at Corner of the Galaxy Studios before the LA Galaxy hosts the San Jose Earthquakes. So that's on deck as well. But that's where we're at right now. Um, brace yourselves if you're an LA Galaxy fan. LAFC has a bunch of roster spots to open and announce. And you will certainly see that they're going to have a lot of fanfare around them. Um, and I, I would imagine they're going to announce another designated player here in the next you know week or two. So that's something that's probably going to happen as well. So you see all these things that are happening and there's going to be a ton of focus put on LAFC. But the LA Galaxy also have a bunch of roster spots to fill, so I expect them to start filling them. Uh, Whether it's Jorgen from Norway, um, and we're going to have to come up with a good nickname for him, because there's no way I'm ever going to be able to say that last name until somebody gives me a really good uh, pronunciation. Uh, Jorgen, uh, you know, is Robin Van Persie somebody? Are the LA Galaxy mining South America anymore? I know that's what a lot of you are asking for. I'd say that they still have a very good chance of doing that. So don't fret. Don't give up hope on that. I think that's something that could definitely happen here in the very near future, is that you will see some more South American, Central Americans um, on the LA Galaxy, and that they will once again be, you know, attacking that region. So that's sort of where we are right now with the LA Galaxy as we get ready again for the expansion draft, the waiver draft, and the re-entry drafts just to come up. And of course, we're going to have a Thursday- thursday night podcast to sort of recap everything we've gone to Uh, and then i'm out of town friday saturday and sunday in colorado but of course i'll keep you up to date and then we're back on monday with kevin baxter back talking with us and i'm sure he'll have some wonderful wonderful stuff um that we're certainly going to uh be talking about a little bit more now let's get to your questions before I wrap everything up. And uh, at LA native says, uh, would you rather get a striker and trust geo can be our number 10 or push geo up top and get a competent playmaker distributor that can get our weapons, the ball in dangerous spots. Um, geo is not a 10, but he's also not a straight up striker. So he plays somewhere in between. I think his best position is to play underneath an established striker. If you could get somebody like, a, uh, in the form, at least, of Robin van Persie, or if you could get somebody who's who's that all-out striker, that all-out goal scorer, I think that Giovanni dos Santos can be very good, sort of playing underneath Robbie Keane. Although Robbie Keane certainly like to play underneath as well, but that's I think is the best thing. So you need an all and out striker, in my opinion, and somebody to pair uh, Giovanni dos Santos with, and that means that you have to move Giacchi's artist as well, because I look at this roster and I do not see a place for Giassi to be staying. Um, unless they they move him quite honestly it just doesn't make any sense you wouldn't want him to be back at um striker again because that didn't necessarily work and he certainly needs a strike partner and giovanni dos santos isn't going to be that so if you're keeping Gio, then you got to move somebody else and so that's sort of where you sit with giovanni dos santos and and it's unfortunately that's just that's just the way it's going to go all right that's just the way it's going to go right now Let's see uh, who else uh, we're looking for on this one. Uh, Let's see. Surely given the Galaxy's management's track record in recent years, especially with players that age category from that part of the world, plenty of star players who aren't from Northern Europe. Why so many are from there? Uh, Very intense concern is warranted. This is from uh, uh, Chris Wilhelm. And Chris is right that the LA Galaxy certainly have mined Europe to death. Why are they not focusing on South America anymore? And I thought that was a good comment on that. Um, people are certainly up for for rolling the dice. Uh, Efren says, uh, "Roll the dice uh, on on Robin Van Persie. He's old, um, and and he's not he's not saying this part, but he's saying roll the dice." And I'm saying he's old. But listen, this is this is going to be my closing point on this. If the LA Galaxy are going to be the team that you expect them to be in 2018 they're going to have to gamble on some of these players, right? We know that. They're going to have to gamble on some of these players. And if they gamble on some of these players, they're either going to hit or they're going to miss. All right? And and if you're going to be successful in 2018, you're going to have to hit on all of them. And if you miss on some, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. Um, but that's the way it's going to be. But you're going to have to take risks because you're not going to be able to get everything perfect. The LA Galaxy and, and Major League Soccer has made it so you can't just go ahead and you can't have everything. All right? You can't just spend money. And the Yellow Galaxy with three designated players don't have the money to spend. They have to do everything inside the cap. That's why the TAM and the discretionary TAM is so important. is because that's more money the Galaxy can spend to rebuild the roster. And with 17 players, they're going to need every single piece of that plus all the cap space underneath. So if you're going to do that, you have to take some risks. Is Robin Van Persie a reasonable risk? I don't know. I don't know. So it's something that that the coaches have to be very aware of, that they're going to risk and they're going to gamble and they're going to roll the dice. And yes, you can roll the dice on younger players, but you're still rolling the dice on younger players. You're not going to be able to go out and get, you know, I think Atlanta United is looking to spend like something like $12 million on some player. All right. The LA Galaxy can't, not even if they wanted to, they have three designated player positions already filled up. They're not going to spend $12 million. They can't do it. The, the salary structures won't allow it. So you're going to have to gamble. So how much of a risk do you gamble? Do you gamble on the younger players that they can adjust and play in Major League Soccer? The guys who are still under $1.5 million? Remember, that's your that's sort of your ceiling. $1.5 million. So are you going to be able to do that? So, so you have to, or do you go with a more experienced player who may be over the hill a little bit, still has something to give, still wants to play? If that's the case, then, you know, look at somebody like Ashley Cole and what he was able to do. The Galaxy rolled the dice on him. Absolutely hit a jackpot with that and then you hit a jackpot. You, you missed with Steven Gerrard. Absolutely you missed. Robbie Keane was older. Whenever he was still playing some of his best soccer for the LA Galaxy, there's still players who can do this. There's still players who can play. And Keno was injured towards the end of his, his career with the LA Galaxy. All right, so you look at all these things. There are ways to gamble smartly. There are some that you're just going to have to throw up, you throw your hands in the air and just guess. All right, you're going to say, this guy fills a need. Let's see if he still has something in the tank. Let's see if we can bring them in because we have too many holes to fill. If you're the other galaxy, you have too many holes to fill in order to get through this entire season. And if you want to get better, you're going to have to hit and be very, very good on all of your selections. All right. I think that's enough talking for me. Um, I know that you guys are busy. I'm busy, too. We're still rocking and rolling. Tons of stuff happening with the LA Galaxy. This is the time when it starts to get busy. I would expect announcements all through this week, and I would expect it going forward from here on out as you enter and very soon into the January transfer window as well. Deals are being made, international deals, domestic deals. I guarantee you things are going to start falling into place very, very soon. All right. Uh, Kevin will be back again on Monday, so we'll have that show on Monday, and then we have another show on Thursday night, Thursday night of this week. And, of course, you can find right here at cornerofthegalaxy.com and iTunes and SoundCloud and all that fun stuff, all right? If you're looking for me on Twitter, at JGessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, uh, and go to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all the podcasts, articles, all of our uh, writing and all that fun stuff. So uh, very glad that you could join us here on a Monday night on December 11th. Hope everybody has a good week, and we will catch you on Thursday. Have a great one, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.